All right. Well, it is our final two-hour simulcast of Blair and Barker today. Can you move this, please? Jeez. Such a child. <laughs> Not going to miss that. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> the final two hours of uh, Blair and Barker simulcast today. We will Thank still goodness. be around. You'll still have our sorry asses around through the World Series, though. We'll be on the radio uh, for an hour from 11 to noon on Sportsnet 590. Fan. We'll, do the World we'll do that later. We'll do that later. The Guardians? Do that later. Before we do that, before we do that, a reminder that this segment of Blair and Barker is brought to you by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many, many, many different sports. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. Um, And then once the World Series is over, we'll do what we did last year. We'll do podcasts in the offseason, and when the Jays do something significant, we'll probably do... They may parachute so the us in some training. stuff. <laughs> That's rude. That's really rude. <laughs> uh, Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, speaks today. We will carry it live on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and uh, it'll be streaming at sportsnet.ca. And uh, we're asking folks, you, the listeners slash viewers, what you need to hear from Ross Atkins today in a perfect world. I'm just going to say this. To the 15 of you who've already sent in, you want to hear Ross Atkins say that he's quitting, that's not happening. So if he can come up with something a little more realistic than that, something a little more thoughtful than that, leave it to us to do the hot, takey, dumbass stuff. You're better than us. 416-870-0590, star 590, with 888-666-0590. Those are the phone numbers calling 590-590 is the text line. (laughs) What do you want to hear from Ross Atkins? What do you need to hear from Ross Atkins today? It's awfully early. You think he'd tell you anything? Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. So, I mean, mean, expectations for me are very low. It's very low. It's way down here. One, Ross, since the Philadelphia Phillies removed the interim tag from from Rob Thompson yesterday, Mm. will you today remove the interim tag from John Schneider? Does it sound like they're going to do that, though? I don't know. Uh, and, and two, the, I mean, this is going to get asked at some point. Um, and I'm not going to, I did mention that I thought every time Alex Anthopoulos does something, I feel like he's trolling us, you know, on the <laughs> eve of the playoffs, <laughs> he's, it, he's signing Spencer Strider to a six year, 75 the million. Jays are not doing anything. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, you yeah, know, you do. You do too, I though. just kind of feel like every time I wake up, Alex is signing another guy to a contract and you know, we're asking the same question we've been asking and maybe it doesn't matter again, maybe signing Bo and Vladdy to a long-term contract is no big deal. Maybe they're not the only ones that care. We could be. They're not free agents until after 2025. Maybe they're both thrilled to death to be going year to year. Would you be? Uh, Security, my friend. Yeah, if I'm... What it's called. Now, this is going to sound really rude, and I don't mean it to sell rude, to sound rude, but if I had the money that those two families have... And I had the confidence well, in myself. What, that those, well, let, me, let, me, let me finish. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's about, it's about your value. Uh, but absolutely. and I had the confidence in myself that those two dudes have, I would probably, I probably wouldn't lose a great deal of sleep over it. Having said that, I think it's pretty obvious that it, I think it might mean more to Bo than it would to Vlad. Does that make sense? No. 
And here's the other thing I will say, as long as you don't sign either of them to a long-term contract, well, I should say, let me rephrase it. If neither of them are signed to a long-term contract, it makes it easier to trade one of them. I'm just saying. Mm. And these are the things that people are going to think of. People are going to put two and two together. I would think there's no way you're trading Vladdy. No, you're not. Decent chance you might trade Bo. I, I mean. I said decent. Just wondering where all these things are coming from that you need to get. How are you getting them? I mean, are the free agents that good? I haven't dug into it that much, but they're, they don't scream lefties. Game changers. Yeah. It's the only uh, way you're going to get them is to trade for them. Yeah, what, we're going to. What, what and do you have in the minor leagues to trade for them? You don't really. Yeah. Unless you package it with one of the big boys. Yeah, let's trade everybody. What would that help? Well, no, I'm just saying that that's, you know, the, the, the storyline this year, again, this offseason is the hunt for left-handed hitting as it was this past offseason, as it was the offseason before. You would like, I, I would think by now we have enough evidence that you want somebody with a little bit of swing and miss stuff in your bullpen. I, you would, think, think, I would think, think we so. have, you think there's enough evidence out there right now that there's nothing wrong with having somebody who can throw a hundred? There isn't. I mean, I know you might think you're the smartest folks in the world, but it seems as if other teams are doing things differently. And it seems as if those teams are in the playoffs. So maybe you may want to go out and. Who's the teams that are in the playoffs that have those kind of guys? The the Yankees? Yes. No, Uh, not not so much. The Yankees have a bunch of guys who throw a hundred. They got a bunch of injured dudes though. Half their guys are hurt. They still have 98, 99. Clay Holmes, he throws 98, 99 with movement. I mean, they got some guys. Cleveland does. Seattle's got like 40. Philly's got some dudes. They got a lefty down and throws a bazillion two miles an hour. Yeah. San Diego. San Diego's got a bazillion guys like it's everybody with the Blue Jays. LA's got. Gratterall? Gratterall. But it's not just the velocity. It's the, it's, it's the stuff. Like, I. You got to have. I like what Jordan Romano did this year. Am I convinced after what I saw in this series and down the stretch that Jordan Romano can be a closer in a World Series team? I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of throwing 40 sliders in a row. I don't get it. Uh, I, I'm sure somebody someplace has told him that this makes sense. I mean, I can't imagine otherwise. Seven or eight in a row makes sense? I don't know. Anyhow, so this is all the stuff yeah, that Parker, we will, yeah. uh, I'm sure, will be addressed. And, and look, Ross Atkins isn't going to come out, right? Yeah. Ross Atkins isn't going to come out and say, well, yeah. here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to bring Joe Madden in as manager. Kirk. We're going to trade Kirk. Bo Bichette, uh, and we're going to trade Alejandro Kirk, and we're going to get this guy, and we're going to get that yeah. guy, we're going to get this guy, we're going to get that guy. We're going to sign this guy as a free agent. He's not going to come out and say it. It's what you would want him to say. It's what you would not, want not, him to not say. Not what he's going to say, because he probably won't say a ton. No. <laughs> he, the manager thing, he's probably not even going to say. I mean, he should. Why, well, he should have said it already. You would think. You know, Major League Baseball does have rules. Major League Baseball likes you to make your announcements on off days during the postseason. Hence the reason that... Uh, Alex announced yesterday the Spencer Strider deal. She said if we didn't get it done yesterday, we were just going to we were gonna move on. Couldn't sign that any quicker. Uh, speaking of the Braves, Tom Glavin, Hall of Fame pitcher and Atlanta Braves analyst, will join us at 10.30. Shai Davidi will be along at 11 a.m. We will hear what Shai is expecting to hear from Ross Atkins today. And, of course, the, it, 
you know, we're not, as I said, we're not going to get answers to a lot of the long-term questions. It would be nice to know that the manager's coming back. Everybody seems to think the manager's coming back. Everybody around the team Everybody we've talked to. seems to think the manager's coming back. Now, I don't know, maybe this is part of the, some procedural thing the Jays think they need to go through. I don't know, maybe they need, maybe they need to get the 30 khakis in a room to help make the decision. I, I don't know about that. I suppose... I suppose that we know Major League Baseball likes teams to go through a process of interviewing uh, minority candidates before a decision is made. Doesn't seem to stop the Phillies from going ahead and and giving Rob Thompson uh, or or removing the interim tag from Rob Rob Thompson's name. But but there you are. And until that's done, uh, people are going to be asking questions of the Blue Jays. So... We'll talk about that in the 11 o'clock hour because God knows we're basically repeating, this, repeating the same stuff we said yesterday and the same stuff we said in Blue Jays. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. season of all the everyday guys, that yeah. includes the starting pitchers. Right. Who needs to make the biggest adjustment to be better next year? Oh, Jose Barrios. Yeah, not even close. Not, without question. That, without question. Um, you think it's mental or, or a mechanical change? I don't or know. Both? I don't know. Could be both. I don't know if there's – I can't imagine there's anything wrong with him health-wise. I'm not worried about it. I think he'll do it. Well, I, you're confident. Yeah, I, I have no – listen, I have no I have no problem with the starting pitching. I'm happy with the starting pitching. Well, a couple of guys. And, and I think – no, I'm happy. Because, because the third guy is probably not going to be back next Starting pitching is going to be fine. And at some point, Ricky Teedham will be around. Like, I, and you know what? One thing this organization does is it goes out and signs starting pitching. So I'm not start, starting pitching on the list of my concerns. Starting pitching would be down at the bottom. I need more balance in my lineup. I need ideally I need a left-hand hitting center fielder that allows George Springer to play right field or DH. Somebody who can hit second. And I need that's left-handed. I, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would rather have Bo coming up. This Bo, not the one at the beginning of the season. This Bo. Coming up with somebody on base. I think he knows how to do it. The two-strike approach helps. Yeah, Having a lefty that can get on base, that can use the entire field. Now, those don't grow on trees, and you're going to have to you're going to have to figure it out. Like, you're going to have to, you know. And I guess the, the other yeah. question, the other question that I would have is, given the fact that there appear to be a lot of free agent shortstops on the market, um, is this the year that you move Bo to second or move on from Bo? I don't know. That's a you, strong question. Here's the thing. You'd ask Ross that today, or you will. He'll I don't think there. he's not going to. He's not going to have the answer today. No, he's not going to have the answer today. But you're talking off season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's not going to have the answer today. Uh, the only thing are is, you ready to move on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would want to. I would consider trading five other guys in this team before I trade Bo or Vladdy. I mean, we're not trading Vladdy. The, the, I, Lourdes. They, the but, harsh reality of it is that you got swept, huh? yeah. swept two yeah. games at home in a playoff series. Yeah, but the harsh, this exact, the, the this harsh reality, the, the, the harsh reality is it was Bo who got you into the playoffs. It was not I'm Vladdy. Not, I'm not saying that. Vladdy so, didn't hurt. Bo is the reason you got into the playoffs offensively. Nobody else in that team <clears throat> carried that team for as long as he did. So I want both of those guys back. I don't want – look, I mean, I'll do this again. Any of the catchers. 
I'd love to have Jano back, but any of the catchers would be available in the trade. Lourdes would be available in the trade. Teoscar would be available in the trade. Santiago Espinal would be available in the trade. I mean, I'm going to mention Cat and, and everybody else not named George Springer or Matt Chapman would would be uh, would be available in the trade. And honestly, there isn't anybody in the bullpen I wouldn't move if somebody's interested. I would like to keep Jordan Romano maybe as a setup guy or a sometimes somebody closer. wanted Jose Barrios. Would you trade him? Yes. Well, that's quick. Yeah, but for no, because no, no Ross Stripling next year. Yeah, who, I, who's, who's, well, if I'm going to trade, if that? I'm going to trade Jose, the, the only way I'm doing that is if it's part of a deal that brings me a left-handed hitter after, and another pitcher. After the year he had and how much they're paying him, they ain't, ain't going to uh, be. Able you to know trade what? Him. You know it's what? Not even worth the conversation. Yeah, that's right. Just nope. like the Jays were never going to be able to trade Vernon Wells's contract. There it is. And they did well, trade they it did, to the yeah. Los Angeles Saints. People, here's the thing you know about baseball. People think they can reinvent the wheel. I, I would guarantee you that there would be somebody who would look at Jose Barrios and say, boy, if I get him in here, I can do this, I can do that with him. But that, I mean, you'd, I don't think you punt on Jose Barrios. Right I don't think now. so either. I really I'm with I don't think you can with, with Ross. Uh, with Ross. But it will be interesting if he comes back next year and gets off to a slow start. Well, yeah. It would be interesting. Then it's panic stations. Oh, because <laughs> they're somewhat there already. I think with him. No, I don't think they are. You do. It's remarkable how people don't allow a dude to have an, a, a bad season. Sorry, but sorry. Whenever you sign for a big, a big deal and it's, and it's go time. Yeah, well, it's go with, time. With their but organization and their season, you're allowing them you that dude to do a lot of things. Players have bad yeah, seasons. You, you can't blame people for saying that. Players have bad. I'm not blaming people for saying it. I'm blaming for people who should be smarter than that. I'm blaming I'm people who should be smarter than that. I look at him and wonder. I, yeah, you wonder. Everybody has a bad I, season. I, I just wonder the the issues he has in game. It's odd, you know. Between starts, okay, got some things going on. You're not, excuse me, you're not healthy. But man, to do the same thing over and over and over again when you've been around as long as he has, I shouldn't need a pitching coach to run out and tell me, "Hey, dude, stay on top of the baseball, finish towards the play." I shouldn't have to have. It, I shouldn't have to it, be able to do that, right? It, it doesn't seem as if that's been. It doesn't seem as if that's been an issue for much of his career, so therefore I would say this is a bad year, and I would just move on from it. But I mean, that's just me. I'm I'm allowing a guy to have a bad year. I keep telling people when you just because you sign a six year contract with somebody, you're not going to be great all six years. You're going to be hurt one of them if you're a pitcher. You know that. Hopefully that's the no. You know you're going to first one. You know you're going to be hurt if you sign a pitcher to a six year contract. You can agree it ain't a good look though. Whenever he signs a big deal, and then you have a bad first year of that deal, no, it's never. Like you're signing him for a reason. It's because never you think good he's luck. really good. It's never and good he's luck. He's going to be consistent. Well, it's never good luck, but again, guys have bad years. They just do. Okay. Uh, are there other? Not, I don't know. Are there other examples around the game of I'm guys? Sure you can find them. Guys have had I'm bad sure you years. Can find them. You don't throw sure. people in the garbage just because they have a bad. Who's year. doing that? Well, <clears throat> I get the senses that that. And I'll tell you this: Jose Brios is not the reason this team spit out the bit against well, the against the Seattle Mariners. That. That's not. No. It's not. It's not. He's not the reason that they're at home. We're talking right next now. year because we can't because the season's over. Because that's because that's all we got to talk about. Uh, before we bring Tom Glavin in, you want to take a look at the other series? Let's do it. One o'clock today. Philadelphia is in Atlanta. First game of the series. Ranger Suarez. Good to see at least one Ranger in the postseason. Ranger Suarez against Max Freed. 
I got Phillies taking this series, or I've got Atlanta sweeping this series in three because I just hate the Phillies. I think they're the worst team to watch in baseball. They annoy me. Wow, man, that's, that's, that's pretty strong. I don't want. I, no. I, I don't have a sweep, but I think I have the Braves in four. I, I just think they have too much of everything. Phillies and only the Phillies hope. just can't make up for that. Zach, the, the, one of Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola no is question. entirely capable of shoving uh, no, it. No, no question. That's why I think they're going to win one of those two that they start. But then the the Braves are just so good everywhere else, and the home field advantage thing's a big deal in yeah. Atlanta. Yes, oh, it is. it's a big deal. And uh, the, the but Braves, maybe not in the daylight if they're playing those games in the daylight. The Braves will also have. Uh, it, I now I should look because I don't know if they've announced their roster yet. There is a chance that Spencer Strider's in the bullpen if he comes back from his oblique injury. But, yeah, I mean, that Braves, the Braves lineup is better. They're certainly a better defensive team. And, you know, the guy that I'm really intrigued about seeing in this series is Ronald Acuna Jr. because he wasn't there last year when they yeah. won. And all he heard all offseason was how remarkable it was that the Braves won without him. Yeah, I wonder about I would expect. Uh, I would expect a, I would expect a big I wonder, series. I wonder him. what the time off will do for the Braves. Help or hurt? I think, it probably, I think it probably helps because, you know, they had, when, when do they get first place in that division? The second last day of the season? Like, yeah, they've been they've, going they've, hard. They've, they've been some, going hard. Yeah, they've had some time off, though. It's about timing for hitters. And <clears throat> we've seen them having live batting practice, facing live pitching. And You know what, though? You know, I, I saw Austin Riley taking some swings. There's nothing new for live them. Pitching. They, they've had time off in the postseason. No, it's some year. young guys. I don't think they know any better. Helps I, too. I think they're fine. Yeah, I do, too. They're very athletic. Game one of the ALDS, Seattle at Houston, Logan Gilbert against Justin Verlander. I just hate the Mariners. I hope they get Jesus. Just I mean, that's pummeled. two for two. You hate the Phillies, you hate the Mariners. Yeah. I mean, I, be I in the middle of somebody. I hope they get humiliated. <laughs> I hope they absolutely get their faces rubbed in it. So you're saying that's going to be a sweep too? Uh, no, I think, you know what? I think after, I think Luis Castillo can, can pull a game back from him. Robbie Ray, I don't think, I think Robbie Ray is... Robbie Ray might be exposed this postseason. Yeah, I saw an interesting stat that the Mariners are are seven and thirty in the last yeah. five years at Minute Maid. That right there, and and what did the the Astros are twelve? They 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 were twelve and five against the Mariners this year. So they basically have their number. Yeah, <clears throat> but do you believe in momentum and mojo? No, I believe you in starting in pitching. No. God, no. I believe in starting pitching mm. and dudes who can throw a hundred coming out of the bullpen. Believe, if that's believing mojo, helps. <laughs> we believe we can win. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a little something to that, but I'm with you. The the I'm not saying the the Mariners are going to win. I'm just saying they make it a series. Could it go four? Justin Verlander. This is the first year in his career with an ERA under two. He's had the best year of his career, the age of 39. You do for a bad one? No, no. <laughs> um. The Astros have won 12 and 19 games against the Mariners. I just said that. Verlander, 5-0 and against the Mariners, 5-1. and Lance McCullers Jr. is going to be probably the X factor for me anyway. Yeah. And um, Perdue Katie and, and Garcia in the bullpen. If you take, I mean, they got a plethora if, of If, if you pitching. take away Carlos Santana and his 5,000 at-bats mm -hmm. from Justin Verlander, Seattle roster is hitting a combined 204 lifetime against them. I mean, they've got, they, you know, they've got Christian Javier is going to be in the bullpen. They're, they're just loaded. If it's one guy you don't want to, if you're the Astros, let them beat you is Cal Raleigh. Like, he's the one guy for me who is the sort of presence. Like, you got to make sure you get people out around him if he hits a homer, if he gets a big hit, if he gets hot, stays hot. He seems to know what he's doing at the plate. 
got balance, got an idea. Like he's taken, he can compete with two strikes, which is what you have to do against some really good pitching. So I think if you're the Astros, you get that guy out. I don't want to say it's smooth sailing, but man, you like their lineup, you like their defense, you like them playing at home three out of the five games. So it's going to be tough for the Mariners, but it's baseball, and I'm with you. Good pitching sometimes can keep uh, the, you in the, and give you a chance. The Astros are so, and and the Astros. I mean, they've they've been there. Jose Altuve, Alec Bregman. Uh, I I, th- I think the Astros. I think they just wipe the f- wipe the Mariners off the face of the earth. Put you down for undecided. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Seven thirty-seven tonight. Our boy Cal Quantrill, friend of the show, the Cleveland Guardians against the Yankees. I've called the Guardians to win this series in five for no reason other than the fact that I just want chaos. Nobody else is. And I think if Aaron Judge were to lose in the playoffs, then that, that whole situation is, you know, Aaron Judge is not the best playoff performer in the history of Major no. League Baseball. But I will say this about, I'll say this about mm-hmm. Cleveland. Uh, we know about the pitching. Cal Quantrill gets a start today. He's on a roll. The bullpen yeah. is good. The Yankees bullpen is a mess. This is a series for Jose Ramirez to step up. Jose Ramirez absolutely crushes the New York Yankees, absolutely owns the Bronx, except this year. (laughs) This year he was not great. But I, this is just, every now and then there's a a series that I think really, it, it just screams one team is ready to take advantage of the weaknesses of the other. And I really think the Yankees bullpen being a mess. I just think Cleveland's Cleveland's got no pressure on them. Good pitching, power pitching, a deep bullpen. Yeah, you wonder about two, six, six, seven, a couple of days off. What will that do? I mean, that can't be the easiest thing as eyes are so far away from the strike zone that that might take a little time to get timing back. This is a big stat for you or not. Let me I'm gonna read it to you. You Go tell ahead. me if it's a big stat or not. Lowest K rate in baseball is obviously the Guardians at 18, 18.2%. That's pretty good. Okay, they're 24th in baseball against fastballs that are 98-plus. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, you know how hard he throws? Yeah. 98 miles an hour. Is yeah. that a big deal? They're hitting no. 193, no, slugging 233 against that. No, because I have no faith in Garrett Cole. Okay, Garrett Cole in his last five starts, to your point, ERA of a little over five, giving up nine homers and 29 and a third. I Cal will... Quantrill in his last 12 starts, ERA a little over two. Yeah. Big and... deal to you or not a big deal? Uh, yeah. And what the you've other, done lately is a big deal or not going into the playoffs? I mean, and the other thing, too, which is really odd, and I, I don't believe this stat because I think it's irrelevant, but for whatever reason, the Cleveland Guardians, when they score runs, it's with Cal Quantrill on the mound. Don't ask me why. The numbers are there. I mean, he and Kyle Wright had the most run support in baseball this year. So, for whatever reason, um, that... Uh, I think the high velocity is a big deal for me. And, I, and I'm sure the Yankees know that. I know it. I'm sure they know it. Yeah. I just, man, I don't, I still trust the Yankees. Garrett Cole's going to be surprised. He's the guy, right? The nine homers in the 29 and the third is a, they, I think, a big number for him, the nine homers. So how, how do you keep it in the yard against a team that don't hit a bunch of homers? I said earlier in the year that I thought Luis Severino was going to be the most important guy in that team. I think Luis Severino, he's going to start game three. I think he's going to be the most important guy in that team. Because if, if this series is 1-1 going back to Cleveland, uh, you know, I, I, I think Severino is, is going to have a major say in what happens I here. think game and one I'm, for the Yankees is a must. 
and and I'm with you. If they lose game one, be real tough because of where their bullpen's at, who they have coming up, and the rotation after mm-hmm. that, and that would poke holes in the $300 million pitcher yep. and Garrett Cole if the Guardians can come in there and string together some hits. And that's the one team, right? They can get three or four hits in an, in an inning because yes. that's what they do. They that's put the ball in play all the time, the 18.2%. Yeah. K rate, so it's and they do all that. They're another team that could take advantage of some of the Yankees' slowness. They go first to third, better, and I mean all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, game one of the NLDS, San Diego at the Dodgers tonight. I mean, I I got the Dodgers winning this in four, but <sighs> you you know what? They're first of all, the Dodgers haven't played a meaningful game. It seems like for years. I mean, God, what they had the division wrapped up. I think in opening yeah, day, yeah, winning's a habit in L.A. Yeah, the Dodgers. It's some concerns. Some concerns about the pitching. Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin may not be a hundred percent. Walker Bueller's not there right now. It looks like Julio Arias. Well, he is getting the first start. Clayton Kershaw will likely start the second game. I think Julio Arias is the big guy in this series because what do we know about him? Well, first of all, he's the National League ERA champion. He's a left-hander. He's got a variety of pitches. He does weird stuff. He'll drop his arm angle if he needs to to get lefties out. He is also a dude who in the past has basically, I mean, he started and relieved in the same series. He's done whatever Dave Roberts wants him to do. Uh, I think he's the guy in this series in terms of the Dodgers pitching. But what I'm really want out of this series, I want to see Freddie Freeman go back to Atlanta. I want to see the whole Freddie Freeman and the Atlanta Braves thing happening. And knowing Alex Anthopoulos, I'm sure in the eve of that game, he'll sign somebody else. He'll probably announce on the eve of the first game of that series that they've signed Dansby Swanson to a 10-year, $345 million contract. Yeah, that's not it. That's too much. No, No pressure, but Dave Roberts did say about what? three months ago that they were going to win the World Series. Slam dunk. It's not even going to be close. But I will say this. If the Padres can figure out how to win today with Mike Clevenger. Yeah. Because you don't. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Blake Snell all of a sudden is throwing 99. Yeah. If you can win game one, if you're the Padres, man the, the alive. The thing about the Padres, though, is, and, and God love them for putting Buck Showalter out of his misery this year. There really should be a special place in baseball heaven for anybody who does that. But, man, are you going to be able to beat the Dodgers with Jerks and Profar and Trent Grisham leading the way? Yeah, I would think the lefties starting for the 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 Dodgers <clears throat> would that eliminate Juan Soto? The bunch, they got a bunch of lefty starters, right? You're going to get yeah. a bunch of them. You're going to sort of get pitched the same way if you're Juan Soto. The, the you'll take a single the other way from Juan Soto, right? Oh God, yeah. take you that all day. You want to try and bunt a guy over? I saw him the other day trying to get you know against yes. the Mets. I was thinking getting that. a yeah, bunt yeah. single. You can do that all day if you want. Is that going to eliminate him having the lefties? If that is, that puts more pressure on not just Manny Machado, but everybody else. The Josh Bells, the Brandon Drury's, who what? You know, it's so I just don't know. If they can win today, though, with Mike Clevenger doing all that weird stuff he does on the mound and well, the hair flowing all over the place. What, and you know what's going to happen, too? Because you, you're playing with the house money right now if you're well, the Padres, right? You, well, not really because you are you basically traded for everybody in baseball yeah, be and honest. you've got a monster. Let's be honest. No, nobody, even now, nobody thinks you're going to beat the Dodgers. You're so supposed you're, to. You're playing with it. You've no, got, 
you're Nobody, supposed to, you haven't done it all year. Why start? No, what, but, what makes you but think Kevin, you're starting now? There, there ain't no house money when you've got that payroll and you've say, got all those those players. You've I got think no it's house money. When it's the Dodgers. Did anybody else other than the Dodgers? No, it's not house Anyhow, money. If the Dodgers lose the game, people are going to say the same thing. They're going to say the thing that I'm going to say tomorrow morning. First time the Dodgers played a meaningful game in 16 months, and they they spit out the bit. So uh, mm. I still think though the Dodgers. You just look at that lineup. Like how, how do you? I mean. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner. Let me ask you a question. And Freddie Freeman. Jesus. Who do you think's gonna <clears throat> the, the bet who's gonna do the best managerial job out of all these teams? If Bri- you had to pick an Brian's, MVP after, of one of these one of these managers, after what who I would it be? After what I saw last year, after how I saw him use the bullpen last year to be Brian Snitker. Yeah, not me. I think he's got a bunch of no brainers. Well, that's that. Okay, that's so you're so let me. So, so it would be. Hang it on. would be a team that that you know you have some questions well, on. Then, then, who you going to? Ter- they sort of got this. That the Braves sort of have it lined up the way they. Okay, want then to have Terry it Francona. I, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that guy. I, I mean, that's a right off the top of my head. That was a pretty good question. Well, I don't know. Not really. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. You said who has to be the best manager? No, the- I said who do you think can be. Not not has to uh, be. Then, then Brian like Snicker. Who, who? Then you shot down Brian because he got, got no brainers. Well, everybody in the postseason's got Aaron a Boone's got no brainers. He's got a certain no, amount. No, he don't. It's no. bullpen. You just mentioned. Uh, it's not that's any a good. dumb question. Uh, Rob Thompson. We don't think it's going to go a, past it's this. It's a dumb question. Uh, it's it's a really good. Bob Melvin. I'm gonna. I'll flip this on you. Who is most likely to screw things up? You you really want me to say the name? Hey, come on, say it. Who is most likely to screw things up? Dusty Baker. Thank you. God, I can't believe I said that. And I didn't even want to say it. But it's true. I we, like my question him, better than yours because you made me say the name out loud, and I'm I don't just, like saying it. I'm I'm just because you knew I'd say it. I knew you'd say it. The, the other question makes no sense. It does make sense. Who has to do the best managing job to get his team? Then wh- who is who? Which team is the worst team in the postseason right now? Seattle Mariners. So your really? boy Scott Service has to do the best manager. They're the job. worst team in the it, man. Who is? Do you think San Diego worse than them? Whoever the worst team is, that's the dude in the spot. I think Terry Francona is the guy the that. Worst team. I think that's Terry. A, that's a better question. I than, think. I think Terry Francona is the guy that can have most impact on it. I would say the Phillies is the worst team in. Yeah, they are. Anyhow, that's a good question too. Tom Glavin is a Hall of Fame pitcher. You knew that. He's we an were, Atlanta Braves legend. You knew that, too. He's also a Braves. Bra- you knew all of this because we've had him on a couple of times. If we had a jacket, you'd huh. be wearing it right now. For what? Those two questions you just asked. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that next year. You think so? Cause, cause well, you better get off well, your wallet because I can't afford it. We know that. how much everybody in this city loves the home run jacket. Uh, Tom Glavin joins us next. It's Blair and Barker, our last two-hour episode. Aww. We got the phone lines open. We got the text line open. Hell, you can send us money if you want. Food, money, cake, whatever. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Sportsnet will have all the games on the TV side. Phillies in Atlanta, game one at 107. Seattle at Houston, game one at 307. 737 tonight, Cleveland at the Yankees. 937, San Diego at the Dodgers. A reminder that effective tomorrow, Mr. Barker and myself will be on from 11 to noon Eastern. 
and we will uh, be on with Blair and Barker throughout the duration of the postseason right through to the end of the World Series. And, of course, if there's any breaking news involving the Blue Jays, we'll be all over that as well. Um, And also a reminder that Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Blue Jays, will adjust the media today. We'll carry that live at 2 o'clock on uh, sportsnet.ca and sportsnet 590, the fan. Maybe Ross Atkins will do what Alex Anthopoulos did yesterday and announced that he signed a player to a multi-year contract. I love this. This is... Only Alex Anthopoulos would take advantage of a news conference on the day before the start of the playoffs to announce that they did it on purpose, you think? I'm not saying he did it on purpose. I think it's a good bit of business for both sides. But the Braves announced yesterday that they've signed Spencer Strider to a six-year, $75 million contract. I mean, they've... I think that's the fourth or fifth extension Alex has given out this year. He's basically got the core of the team locked up. Dansby Swanson, I guess, would be the outlier uh, right now. But, I mean, you want to talk about an organization. They've won, they won the World Series last year. They're healthier this year, I think. They've they won their division, had to go down the wire to do it, but they beat the Mets to win the division, and I think really kind of put the Mets into a funk that explains why the Mets are out of the postseason. And in and around all this, as I said, their general manager is taking care of the people he needs to take care of. Tom Glavin is a Hall of Famer, currently Atlanta Braves analyst, Atlanta Braves broadcaster. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Tom, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. We trust that you're uh, that, that you're keeping well. Um before I ask about the the Strider contract, just a, a general question for you. Comparing the Braves where they are now to where they were last year at this time, are they? You know, I realize now they don't have Duvall and and uh, Ozzy Albies is hurt, but are, are are they healthier than they were last year? Or are they about the same? I mean, I guess you could make an argument that they're they're maybe a little bit healthier. Um, you can certainly make an argument that they're a little bit better team than they were a year ago. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's hard to, uh, it's hard to, to, to say you're better than a team that won a world series until you do the same thing. So, um, you know, I, I think they're certainly in a good position to defend their title. Um, you know, certainly Ozzy being out, um, hurts them a little bit. Um, so did Ronald being out last year. And uh, they seem to overcome that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're a team that, um, as much as any team that I can remember in recent memory that's, you know, coming off a World Series championship, I think they're as well positioned to, to defend as, as any team we've seen in a while. I just want to jump in here and just be, to clear up some housekeeping. Uh, the Braves have set their roster uh, for the division series, and Spencer Strider is on it. There'd been some huh. talk because of the the oblique injury. Stay that hot, Phillies. Spencer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spencer Strider's on it. Sorry, Kevin. No, continue, no, please. I just, I was just, Tom, I was just going to ask: with the time off between the regular season and now, help or hurt the Braves? Um, you know, I don't know. That's always that's always been a uh, you know a discussion, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I know for me on so many of those teams that I was a part of with the Braves, we had, you know, years where we clinched early and we had years where we had to play until the last day of the season. So, um, you know, I think certainly from a health standpoint, you like the time off. You want to give your guys a break after the grind of the season. And, and particularly this year where, 
you know, the grind came down to the last week, second of the last day of the year before you clinched. Um, you know, so guys are mentally and physically tired. So that break helps. Um, there's certainly an argument as well that, you know, the Phillies are coming in as a hot team. Uh, they're battle tested. They've been playing. Um, you know, when you're in the postseason and you're playing well, you don't want off days. You want to you want to keep it rolling. So, you know, I see I see both sides of it. I think if I had my choice, I would rather be a team that was afforded a rest. You're able to get guys that are dinged up a little bit healthier. You're able to set your rotation, give yourself your best opportunity to win. However, saying that doesn't guarantee anything, obviously. Well, I would tell you early in, in the game today that one way or the other, that will be good or bad. Um, you know, obviously, I think you point right first and foremost to Max. Um, you know, he's been off for a little while now, and, and I think the biggest thing you always worry about uh, with starting pitchers in particular is that they're too strong. I know that was always a concern for me. Um, so, you know, I think when your guy goes out there and he's too strong, um, you know, sometimes the, the, um, the location is what suffers mm-hmm. uh, because everything's off just a touch. So I think it'll be an interesting, interesting to keep an eye on, on that early. Uh, and I think from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, it, it's, it's guys approaching the box, you know, are they on pitches? Or are they not on pitches? Do they look comfortable, not look comfortable? Um, you know, and I, and I think, You'll get a sense for for a lot of that early on, um, but I think you know I think this is a, I think this is an interesting series. It'd be a fun series to watch. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I think impressed uh, a lot of people about Brian Snitker last year was the way he used his bullpen throughout the postseason. This year, got some more names in the bullpen, some different names. Kennelly Jansen's a closer, but I'm intrigued about. Rysel Iglesias, Tom, because here's a guy that can be effective against both righties and lefties. He's got that change up. And I look at him as a guy that, given the way the Phillies put their lineup together, given the left-handed pitchers that, or left-handed hitters that they have, I think he can be huge for the Braves in this series. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that, you know, one of the things that makes that back end of the Braves bullpen, um, you know, so good is that all three of those guys, you know, Glacius, Minter, and, and Kenley Jansen can get lefties and righties out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's something that's obviously very important, uh, you know, in this in this day and age now of having to face a minimum of three hitters as a reliever. While you, you it's tough to have it's tough to have that specialist kind of guy, right? You've got to have guys, you know, like back in my day that actually could get lefties and righties out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Braves have that. So that certainly is a luxury for them. And Oh, by the way, those three guys at the end happen to be really good, too. So, you know, they've done a, a really good job of, of shortening the game that way as a team and putting a ton of pressure on opposing teams um, not to get to the seventh inning behind because those guys obviously are tough to come back on. But, um, you know, I think that's um, that's one of the areas you could look at and say maybe the Braves are in a little bit better position than they were even a year ago. Um is because of that versatility in the back end of the bullpen. And if, you know, Kenley Jansen needs needs to take a day off, you got two guys in Iglesias and Minter that can go out there and, and close the game for you too. So it gives Smith a lot of options. Tom, the fact that this group has a lot of players that went through the entire postseason last year and ended up winning, how, how valuable is that experience to a player? Not just being in the playoffs, but figuring out what it's like to have to play all those extra games with all that extra pressure on you. 
Yeah, look, I mean, it's again, it's another one of those age-old questions, right? With going into the postseason, would you rather have talent or experience? Well, I'd rather have both, and I think the Braves have both. You know, they've got a lot of talented young players that, oh, by the way, have been through a, a lengthy playoff run last year. So, you know, to me, the, the great thing about experience is it just it, it prepares you for what it is you're getting ready to do. And I know for me, going back to my experiences, that, that first postseason I went through, it's hard enough dealing with the emotions of a postseason and, and all that goes along with that. But then you're dealing with all the outside stuff, too. You're having to get tickets for family. You're having to fly family here and there. And you're having to, you know, all the different interview requests that are different from the regular season. So there's a lot of things going on beyond what you're preparing to do on the baseball field. And I think being having gone through it allows you to, to kind of channel all that stuff and learn how to deal with it so it doesn't become a distraction. On the field, I think where experience comes to play is the trust factor, right? I mean, I think the biggest, the hardest thing to, to factor is for these guys that are going through the postseason for the first time, even though they're good players, how are they going to react to the pressure? And you don't know. And, and I think that's the hardest thing for most guys. Again, I know going back to my experience, it was for me too, was that trust factor, you know, because you feel like you're in the postseason, you've got to, You've got to be nastier on the mound. Your at-bats have to be way better. And, and you just you, you put yourself in a position where you're trying to do more than you're capable of doing. And I think once you've been through it a little bit, you realize that, you know, what you're good at, you're good at. And you make that the focus of your game. So the trust factor becomes exponentially higher when you've been through it and you have the experience of it and know what it takes to be successful in that environment. What's, uh, what different look you think we're going to see from Max Freed this time around than we saw the last time he pitched in the World Series? I hope nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, absolutely. Uh, he's he's had a yeah he's had a hell of a year. Um, you know he's you know he's certainly look. I think it tells you a lot about how the Braves feel about him. Is that, you know, Kyle Wright's a twenty-game rent winner, but the, but Max Freed is the Braves guy. You know, so I think it tells you how they feel about him. Uh, and I, I agree. I mean, I think he's a guy that's certainly capable every time he goes out on the mound of being dominant um, and, and, you know, just carving up an opposing lineup. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's one thing you'll see with Max is his experience. He's, you know, he went through it last year. He knows what he had to do to be successful, and that's what he's going to do. And, and I think, again, a lot of times, particularly for guys who are pitching for the first time in a postseason, you, you know, you tend to think you have to make adjustments or, you know, hey, we've faced the Phillies 19 times this year. They've seen me. They know me. I need to do something di- differently. I never bought into that. I was always a guy that I'm going to do what I do until you show me you can beat me. I don't care how many times you've seen me. You know, and, and, and I, I think in Max's case, he's a guy that that's going to be the case. He's going to go out there and do what he does. He might throw a wrinkle here or there because yeah. he's capable of doing it. But he's not going to go out there and make wholesale changes to his to, to anything at this stage. Of the game. Uh, Tom, we saw in the last World Series game the extra gear that he had, right? And and we're seeing Alec Manoa here with the Blue Jays sort of early in games. You don't see the extra gear until he actually needs it. Is that an advantage that Max has? Like, you know, he can pitch it 92, 93, 94, and if he needs the 97, 98, you can see it to him later again. Is that hard to do, right? Is that hard to pitch at a certain speed and then gear it up when you need it? No, listen, I'm a, I was, I'm a big proponent of it, right? I mean, I'm, I'm more – I like seeing guys that can do that. You know, I mean, guys to me that can go out there and throw 
97, 98 miles an hour and really maybe not know exactly where it's going. Like, to me, I always love for those guys to figure out a way to say, you know what, I'm going to pitch at 94 or 95, locate a little bit more, and then when I want to go to 97, I can do it. You know, it's like I remember back in when I was a kid watching games and listening to Joe Garagiola and those guys, and I know I'm dating myself, but they would always talk about that, that, oh, he, you know, there's that fastball, he went to that other gear. You know, today so many guys pitch at that gear and, and everything's max effort and they have nothing else to go to. So, you know, I love guys that are able to kind of settle in, you know, not, not that you're trying to throw the ball slower, but to me, it was always an uh, like a, an effort thing, right? If I see a guy that's out there at 95% effort level and he's, and he's locating and doing what he wants to do, and then every now and then, boom, here's 100% effort level, and I throw it two or three miles an hour harder, I love guys that can do that, and I agree with you. I think Max is a guy that can do that, um, and I think it's something that he's kind of grown into and, and, and learned how to do a little bit more effectively. Yeah. Now, Tom, I do want to ask you about the contract that Spencer Strider signed. We know that Alex Anthopoulos has made it a point of locking guys up. We also know that Dansby Swanson is, is still out there. From an organizational point of view, how, what, what message does that send in, in, in the clubhouse? Like, I understand that guys, everybody's got their own business, right? Everybody's making their own money. Everybody's got their own stuff. But, man, when you see an organization locking up guys that have come up through the organization – that really has to send a, a really good message throughout the clubhouse, does it not? Oh, 100%. It sends a great message throughout the organization, right? And, and I think the Braves have always been, you know, I say always, certainly through Bobby's tenure, um, and then even now with Schmidt, um, and even when Freddie Gonzalez was there. They've always been an organization that's not afraid to give young guys an opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at a lot of the teams that I played on, you know, people, people think sometimes that all those division championships we won, it was the same team every year. No, it wasn't. You know, we always had an influx of young guys. You know, we had Chipper Jones. We had Ryan Klesko. We had Javi Lopez. You know, we had those guys every year that would come in as young players and, and assume a very important role, an everyday role. And, and they've never been afraid to do that, and Smith has carried that on. So from, an, from a minor league standpoint, you look at it and you say, well, this is an organization that's going to give young guys a chance to develop and, and to play at the big league level, right? They're not a team that's going to develop guys, trade you, and then, and then use you that way. They're going to develop you and get you in the big leagues. And then, oh, by the way, if you get to the big leagues as a young player and you're successful, there are opportunities there to sign, you know, some, some long-term deals as young players. And, you know, I think the Braves have had a, done a really nice job here. I mean, you look at their everyday lineup right now and, um, you know, most of those guys, like you said, other than Dansby, are tied up. Um, and man, how, how, I mean, that speaks really well for the future, obviously. And, and you know, it'll be interesting to see now what they do with some of the pitchers, too, and Dansby. Tom, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. We Thanks always stuff. appreciate your insight and we, we really value your time. Yeah. Thanks, man. Be You're well. The best. Thank you. Yeah. All right. You guys take care. Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer, Braves analyst. This just uh, broke a couple of minutes ago. Broke being the... Uh, Dave Robertson will not be on the Phillies roster for the postseason. He uh, strained his right calf jumping up in the air when Bryce Harper homered against the Cardinals in the last round. He's an important part of that bullpen depth. Huge. Yeah. I mean... 
It was Kendris Morales, right? That broke his leg jumping on home his plate knee or something. I think. Or something did yeah. something to his yeah his leg. So there you go, David Robertson, not on the postseason roster because he was jumping up and down with excitement. I mean, if that happened to me, I, I wouldn't tell people. I wouldn't. But that's that's Rob Thompson. All of a sudden now the manager has to do what? Like he that's a big piece. Yeah, it is. That is a huge piece. That's a veteran guy who's been there and done it before. And now you're now, now you're relying like, even more on Zach Eflin, uh, who's just like I, been a closer for three weeks. Yeah. Like it that's gonna make it tougher. That yeah. puts a lot more pressure on your defense. Oh yeah. And your offense to string together whatever they're going to have to try and string together against a really good pitching staff and a veteran pitching staff. Good luck. I just, yeah. Makes it hard. Yeah. Interesting hearing uh, hearing um, Tom talk about the impact of days off and, and time off for players and, and pitchers especially. Yeah. Because I've always thought that that could kind of go both ways. Um, it, it, I, it's funny, and I, I'm trying to remember who told me this. I can't remember what pitcher told me this. It was somebody with the Blue Jays. I don't know. It might have even been Aaron Sanchez or somebody. Talk. I remember, but I vaguely remember them saying one time, you know what? You really look forward to off days in the season. You don't look forward to off days in the postseason. Once you get the postseason going, you want it. And I don't know if that would be the case for everybody. Yeah, the reason why I asked Tom about the 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 effort level, which he brought up that word effort. Yeah. Because of Alec Manoa in the first inning. Yeah. I, that's why I brought that up because I wanted everybody to hear a Hall of Famer talk about what he would be looking for. Yeah. And it's the effort. You've seen Alec Manoa throw the 92 early in games, and then the effort level goes up when he needs. It's a little straighter. It's a little harder. You got to know how to do that, right? And the been there and done it before, the days off, I think those two things mm-hmm. go sort of hand in hand, right? You sort of, because you've been there before, because of the time off really doesn't bother you because you've been there and you just understand how to control the effort. Yeah. And that's a big deal. And for me, it's all the offensive side. I mean, you saw Austin Riley, at least I did on the on the TV the other day, or I think it was yesterday, taking live batting practice off a, a pitcher that was trying to get him out. I think it's a lefty yeah. that was thrown because he's obviously yeah. facing Ranger Suarez today. He's left-handed, so he's trying to get some live batting practice, and that's rhythm and timing. Baseball is all about that. No matter what position you play, where you play it, it's all about rhythm and timing. And for me... I think it's how early you'll be on the breaking ball and how late you'll be on the heater and how you make the adjustments and how quickly you do it is sort of who gets off to the better start and who just takes a little bit of pressure off of, you know, one side or the other. So that's yeah. inter- I just I think it's interesting to listen to Tom See, talk about all that that goes into days off, experience, effort level. I mean, it's pretty cool to listen to a guy like that talk about that stuff. And, and I just... Because I was thinking of Alec Manoa and how hard the two seamer was, we were seeing ninety fives. Yeah, you pointed it out. You pointed it That's out hard. right away. That's hard, right? You you don't want to see that, and you think of the word effort. That's why when you asked me yesterday about was the moment too big, boy, that's strong words that I'm not willing to say, but I do think the effort level is an interesting word, and I think because of lack of experience. Some people just don't know how to say, back off, be yourself, do the exact same thing you've been doing, control that effort level. Some people know how, some people don't. 
Ross Atkins, the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, will adjust the media at 2 o'clock today. You can hear it live on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and on Sportsnet.ca. What do we expect him to say? What does he need to say? Shai Davides, our MLB insider with Sportsnet, he'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and as always, wherever you get your favorite podcasts.